Welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick again. Once again, I want to thank everyone who's been listening and providing feedback. We really appreciate it. If you like the show, please also let others know about it as well. We're not looking necessarily to become as popular as Serial, but it would be great if more people interested in these topics were listening. Today, we're talking about broadband, specifically municipal broadband. In the past, We've discussed the idea of broadband from the skies via satellites, drones, blimps, and balloons, but those all seem to be a bit further out as possibilities. The key, as we noted, is providing more competition to the limited oligopoly that we see today in broadband internet access providers. However, rather than going up to the sky, there are some more down-to-earth options, and a big one that people talk about a lot is municipal broadband, basically a city providing its own broadband services not unlike the way that cities often provide water services or garbage pickup. The idea, of course, is that municipal broadband provider can provide real competition to the big ISPs like Comcast, Verizon, and AT&T. Municipal broadband, generally speaking, tends to be a high-speed, lower-cost, fiber-optic connection with a focus on serving the community, encouraging connected citizens and businesses, often in the hope that it will help the local economy. There are many examples of muni broadband success stories, with the most popular ones being Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Lafayette, Louisiana. Now, the argument against municipal broadband is, in short, whether or not it makes sense or is appropriate for local government to run a broadband service. Critics point to the fact that local bureaucracies are not exactly known for being particularly efficient or innovative. Others argue that it's unfair for taxpayer money to be used to compete with private company offerings. And indeed, there are some notable failures with poorly implemented municipal broadband projects. Currently, 19 states have laws that ban municipal broadband, most of which were authored by lobbyists from the big ISPs not wanting any competition. Current FCC boss Tom Wheeler has argued that the FCC should be using its powers to preempt those laws, and most recently, President Obama similarly came out against those laws, noting that they hold back competition. And that's resulted in a fight, with some claiming that this is the federal government trying to take power away from state governments, though it's kind of amusing that those same people who argue that don't seem to mind state governments taking power away from municipal governments. So for today's discussion, is municipal broadband a good thing that provides true competition and better internet services for local communities, or is it governments interfering with the private sector and adding an inefficient bureaucratic mess to the free market? Here to discuss, once again... Hirsch Reddy and Dennis Yang. Hey guys. Hey. Hello and welcome. So, well, I guess one way you can look at the situation in the United States is that um, we have a, a, a kind of a mixture of several different problems, right? It's we have a a country that is that is a little bit bigger than some of the other jurisdictions where people, sh- you know, have successful broadband competition, and because it's bigger. Um, there's significantly more investment sometimes needed sure. to do this last mile kind of delivery of packets. Right, if right? you want to cover everybody. Right? Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, we have um, some perhaps badly doled out incentives that were given to telecom companies, 
which uh, because we want to incentivize them to build these networks. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the government may have promised certain things or erected certain barriers to entry in certain local markets in order to encourage entrance, right? And as a result of those barriers now down the line, we find these companies that did invest in the networks uh, to some extent um, abusing their monopoly positions. I don't know. If, I, I think that's actually not an abusive way of describing the situation, right? I mean, the rates we have sure. here in the United States are very high and our network performance is not very good. And then on top of that, not only charging the c consumers a lot more and not giving them a good service, on the back end, they're also demanding money from other participants in, right. in the stack, right? So we know these abuses. So the question is, what's the solution? And if we say um, we want the government to step in and compete here, the classic uh, libertarian argument against it is why are we getting the government involved? Because the government, um, when you subsidize something from taxes, it removes consumer choice again. Mm -hmm. Essentially, they're restating the situation we're already in, but in this case, the the future villain would be the government. The government would tax us, force us to use a government utility. We wouldn't really have a private sector option. Well, my, my answer to that is actually the situation right now is not very different than a, a government monopoly, except right. a private party is standing in the shoes of the government. Most people have only one choice for a broadband provider. Right. And that broadband provider is sometimes rated worse than the, the state's DMV in that state, right? Like <laughs> yeah. in the case of Comcast. Uh, and we have numerous... Um, videos and, and, and recordings yeah. online of people being abused by customer service at, at, at Comcast. And so to some extent, um, you know, you, you can fight this on ideological lines. And that when I hear like a lot of the commentary on uh, Fox News or online, uh, sort of uh, more uh, conservative economic interests. You watch well, Fox News? No, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't turn it on personally, but sometimes okay. I hang out at people's houses. Just checking, just checking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but basically... They make valid points in terms of uh, the kinds of fears you should have about monopolizing something under the government. But at the same time, they have to understand that we don't actually have a full free market in this, right. in this sector. And so right. if you encourage municipal governments to enter, um, there is a danger that, yes, the danger is if the municipal government builds a local network. Mm -hmm. um, once you get into sort of that trough, it's hard to climb out of it if the municipal government doesn't do a good job because what's the incentive for anybody else to come in once everyone automatically has to pay for the municipal service through taxes. No, it, as long as we say the municipal go service is paid through fees, right. maybe, maybe the, the, uh, the infrastructure is built out with, with you know, maybe you raise, raise a municipal bond or whatever, but as long as the operations are paid through fees, uh, as opposed to a universal tax on the local inhabitants, I think that is something I think everyone, just from a pragmatic point of view, can get behind. Right, so in, so in that sense, it's built more like a utility? Than, than say just just a mandated like tax and spend whatever right where where you're paying fees so right and and in fact you know in cases where we have seen municipal broadband or or sort of similar broadband competition come into play you know we so far it doesn't seem like it actually really crowds out competition it tends to drive that competition to actually innovate so. You know, when when there's strong municipal right. broadband, then suddenly AT and T and Comcast suddenly start upgrading that network in those places because they're actually competing. So it's actually bringing in competition as opposed to driving out competition. Right. I mean, because isn't it the case that essentially, like what you mentioned, like a natural monopoly has essentially already occurred in many of these locations, right? Yeah. But it's and it's not even you know it's a question of is it a natural monopoly or not, and there are different arguments there, and you can say it's only really efficient to lay the you know, if it's fiber, lay the fiber once, right? Mm -hmm. But 
even even otherwise, if you're, um, you, you know, this isn't even so much a natural monopoly situation. It's really just adding a, a third competitor to your DSL and your cable provider, right? They're not using the same infrastructure. They may be using the same rights of way or telephone poles or, right. or you know, conduits or something along those lines. You know, it, it might be more efficient, actually, from, a, from just an, uh, a competition point of view for local governments to actually go ahead and build the local infrastructure mm-hmm. and then put in place sort of leasing and operation rules that sure. allow free access. Like if you look in London, um, there isn't one government provider for broadband. Rather, I mean, you you have dozens of people that will sure. provide you broadband. They're essentially using the same line. You don't have dozens it's of all, lines. It's all right. based on BT. Cause right. it, so it's open exactly. access rules. So and, which and and there's different flavors if you right. want. You right. Know, and is yeah. is that kind of this in similar way to our deregulated like energy market? Is that similar or I'm not well, familiar? Well, we have a really weirdly deregulated yeah. energy market in California. We really shouldn't get into that. Yeah, because if you, you can de- deregulate the supply side, you can deregulate the demand side, and there's right. yeah, but it's, so, stuff, so so right. So there are different arguments, right? So one is. And, and this is an argument that people have made, which is that, you know, maybe it makes sense for the government to build out right. just, in, you know, the highest possible speed, highest possible kind of fiber network, just bring it to every home and then just be the wholesaler right. and let anyone come in and offer service on top of it. And that was... the so, so if I wanted to offer broadband service with excellent customer service as my one differentiating point, sure. I could do that, right? Or or shitty customer service depending on and shitty customers <laughs> with good prices right? right exactly so but here's the thing right like everyone can get behind that common sense idea except mm-hmm. for the because like think about this in that world in that bt telecom in a world in the world in a world like, like in london with the bt telecom i can guarantee you those local isps mm-hmm. do not enjoy the margins that our american telecoms sure, enjoy and and that those are the people. I mean, AT and T, Verizon, Comcast. I mean, these guys are going to fight tooth and nail. Right. I mean, but should you be enjoying? Like, is it a right to enjoy margins? Shouldn't you no, be fighting exactly, for the margins? That exactly. You're yeah. I mean, that that it, that's a sure indication and, and, that, that that there's something and, deeply and then, wrong. And then you know there are still opportunities for margins, right? I mean, the opportunities yeah, are absolutely. to provide better services on top of that, right? Right. And so, I mean, there have been attempts to do this, and in fact, you know, for years in Australia, the plan was for what they called the uh, I forget what it was like next generation network i think ngn yeah uh in australia was this idea that the government was going to spend billions of dollars and install fiber to everywhere and then anyone could offer service on top of it and then right. of course over years they've chipped away at that plan why did that not work uh the billions of dollars i think right. and australia then, <laughs> is gigantic and and well and, yeah and, and very and very, uh, what's the opposite of dense? Very <laughs> yeah. so you, sprinkled population. Well, which, which actually, I mean, is, yeah, I mean, if, if and I don't know the specifics of that plan in terms yeah. of if it was really only to, to do along the coast, which is, oh, you know, then that would be right. If it was just along the coast, you could argue it's that. Getting that, that it's getting that last 5% right, in that the are, interior. That's right. Yeah. And maybe those people you could deal with differently. But if, if you know, I think the, the issue was, you know, there was there were it was hundreds of billions of dollars committed to this project, right? And you just had sort of you know changing governments and and things, and so it just sort of got chipped mm-hmm. away. And there there is still, you know, there's still officially that plan is still in place. But I was just reading something about people complaining about how like, you know, they were promised full broadband, and right. there was one who was saying like, my neighbor got it 18 months ago, and I still can't get it. And how difficult is it to run? Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, like, what's what's the the goal, the big goal of 
of municipal broadband or not just municipal broadband, but like what is our what's the ultimate vision for broadband access for the entire country? You know, like see, that's the danger of of I really think articulating a vision actually constrains right. what really some of the best. <laughs> You know, possibilities, because if we had tried to articulate what a broadband vision right. uh, should be in the year 2010, if we had done that right when the Internet was taking off in, let's say, 1996 or 97, um, it would have articulated the absolute wrong vision, right? right? I mean, Wi-Fi hadn't even taken off, right? We couldn't imagine that smartphones and handheld devices would be the primary way people would want to get information. So to some extent, like I'm not, in fact, even this building of fiber to the last mile, I'm not sure if that's the best way to do it. To right. some extent, we might just want the FCC to deregulate a whole bunch of really sweet white space spectrum mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then encourage people to use that. Maybe the, we, we establish some like broad rules of the road which say that you can only, um, you know, whatever protocol you run in this white space spectrum has to be disciplined in certain ways so you're not shouting down other people's protocols right. or something like that or maybe just set a standard protocol that will operate in the white space spectrum whether it's 802.11 or whatever and then just let people well essentially I mean, peer to peer the, the, those, those are two different things though right like isn't municipal broadband typically is discussing like fiber and, it yeah, is, and, but and what I'm saying is, you, well, you might not need it. Well, if you have very yes fast and no. and, wireless, and and I and I've had these arguments for years. I mean, going back like 15 years, I had this argument yeah. with somebody who was arguing for installing fiber everywhere, and I was like, ah, screw fiber, like just right. do wireless and mm -hmm. and free up the spectrum. Exactly what you were saying. It was just like, well, maybe I mean, I don't think any one solution is like right. The right solution, the right solution depends on where you where you are. Well, right? the, and and you you certainly could have multiple solutions, but the fact is, the amount of uh, bandwidth and and latency and things that you can get from fiber just so far outshines wireless that if sure. you if you believe that true high speed broadband is really right. important to the infrastructure, you need the fiber. Well, let's get to right. Dennis's question then because it seems like we're talking at uh, you know at right angles to each other because. If for you broadband is gigabit internet, then I, I would probably agree with you. But if right. we're talking about like 70 megabits down, 100 megabits down, I get wireless internet to my home right now. Um, the provider's name is Webpass, and they basically put a line of sight microwave um, transmitters, I guess, on not, top not, of it. Not sponsoring this program. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, yeah. They're really good. They're amazing. <laughs> uh, let's give them a, they really deserve a free shout out. It's, it's okay. really great. It's so much better than any other. Well, if they want to sponsor yeah, us. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to give them the free shout out. Screw you, Mike. But uh, no, I think they're amazing. They are like do a really good job. I get like 70 megabits down. I can uh -huh. basically stream essentially 4K video, right? And this is coming down over a microwave like tight link it's from what i understand i might be completely misstating what their technology is but i do know it's not wired mm -hmm. right they they, right. they put a, an expensive transmitter on top of apartment buildings and then service everyone in the apartment buildings using the legacy copper wiring that's in the building right. so there's not there's no fiber involved anywhere and it does it is i'll tell you it's an order of magnitude better than any comcast service i got and comcast as you know comes in right uh, over so, so then what so, would what what would municipal broadband in San Francisco kind of add to this to this mix? I don't think municipal broadband is necessarily required in San Francisco. Maybe in some neighborhoods. I actually shouldn't speak for everyone, but certainly in Soma, we have so many options. Right. Um, uh, municipal broadband probably... No, here's the thing. If everyone wants gigabit internet, mm -hmm. right. that's a different thing. That's why I, I was trying to press Mike on this. Like, do we want... If we want gigabit internet, then, geez, then we really do need something wired, right? As far as I know, maybe there is some really good technology that could do it with that I mean, wireless te technology does tend to get better yeah 
exactly. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I just don't I know mean, enough so, about so that's, the wireless you know, bring, thing. Bringing it back to the question that I initially asked, which is, like, what is the vision here? Like, is it that we have broadband internet access in the entire United States, no matter where you're standing, right? Or to every household, or or to every household within a a city that is larger than some number. Like, what what is well, it? What does it mean? Well, this is one of the reasons why I like the municipal solution because you don't have to articulate a national standard, and right. that's that's where we get all the government inefficiencies okay, and like right. You just let every community decide for themselves. Somebody yeah. in Anchorage, Alaska, says, "Hey, we really just want to be able to watch YouTube videos. We don't care about the latency so much." Someone else says, right. "Hey, we really want gigabit." Like like Kansas. So, probably loves a gigabit. Right. So as far as competition is concerned, doesn't that that seems like a good thing to let the municipalities Right. So so if part part of the argument there is that, that we're, 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 as we mentioned before is that it's increasing yeah. competition by adding another player. Yes. The question is whether or not people are okay with that other player being a government player. And that's where that's where some people certainly begin to get worried. But let's not lump in local government with federal government, right? Sure. Like when, when we're talking about, uh, certainly local government can be very inefficient. There's corruption there too. Mm-hmm. And ironically probably gets, with the amount of money that, that gets wasted in local government, uh, it gets a far less scrutiny than right. national government, right? Uh, regardless though, to some extent, municipal government being closer to you has to be, uh, more responsive to the right. citizens that are paying those taxes. They're much closer. And if your broadband really does suffer, I guarantee you that local government, uh, those officials are going to get uh, you know, pushed out of office probably. People, because it, it's, it's not like in the case of like the federal government where your senator does a good job, but he's what, there's probably another 10 million citizens along with you voting for him, and they probably don't share your broadband concerns. So it's not going to replace your senator. So uh, local, locally, I think, Broadband is exactly the kind of thing. Power, sewage, water. I mean, those things, when they, when they fail locally, heads roll, right? So I think it's very, it's, it's, you, we could get a very responsive government solution in that situation. Right. So. But, it, but do you still worry? I, I guess, so I, I mean, I agree with you for the most part, but at the same time, you know, I think of my, you know, I, I don't live in San Francisco, right? I live outside in a smaller city. And, and I think of my local government and all I think about is, you know, this sort of, you know, small city government. That, the, go- the goofballs, basically. Right. And well, I don't, I don't want to insult. That's why I'm not, I'm not, not naming. Not ex- goofball, I'm not, except for Mike's <laughs> local government. Yeah. Typically, I mean, you, you see loonies, right? Like we see, yeah. at least they show up at the town halls. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I, there are technocrats in every place. And the thing is, like, I know exactly what you're going to say, which is like, are these guys capable of putting together right. the kind of broadband I want to pay for? Right. But they don't really have to, right? From what we've said. Like, so let me put it to you this way. I mean, it's, is it a waste? It's a waste issue, right? Like you're concerned that it's it would be a yeah. waste of resources, time, and energy for a municipal government to attack this problem. And, where and and and, and and then on top of that, right? Not only is it a, a waste in terms of there are trade offs, right? They have to choose what they should be focusing on. Right. And then second of all, you know, is it are they going to be able to do a, a semi decent job of it? Right. So because so so just to bring up the point further, like so the people who are then going to actually build the network and set it up and structure it, right. do I trust them to be as innovative as a startup? And I, I don't yeah. know that I do. I, I mean, mean it, it's the whole like there are a lot of potholes on the roads right now, 
they should fix those giant instead of one trying, in front of my house yeah like yeah. instead of trying to build broadband internet which that's 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 a great point and and the the, the resource uh allocation problem is something mm-hmm. that i think every community has to decide like i fully agree if, if the roads are so potholed the cars can't go through them, right. that's that's a priority over broadband so so do we want leslie nope running our broadband initiatives <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing i actually think leslie nope is actually not <laughs> Worse than the local <laughs> representative from you know the dumber dumder goof from Comcast who who sure. yeah, Comcast is less responsive to local people than a local government would be simply because they're huge and right. and and Dennis Yang complaining in his little home in his pajamas just doesn't matter. I mean, they, or they is don't it? Care. I mean, could could you make the argument then that this is something that that local government municipal governments could also outsource, right? Yeah. So bring in right. a third party company God, to. I, hate local government <laughs> contract out. You want to talk about corruption? I mean, but you're probably sure. right. It probably should be doled out. But I, I mean, there's going to be a lot of slop there. But maybe even with that slop mm-hmm. and, and everyone feeding at the trough, maybe even then it's, it's, it, it ends up being better than Comcast because... I mean, so right. and then, so do we have any opinion? I mentioned in the in the opening this the fact that there were um, the 19 state laws that outlaw municipal broadband or, or restrict it in serious right. ways. So. Do we think that those laws should go away? Well, well I mean, I mean, I think so, right? Like, I think it seems like it should be up to the local municipal, you know, like right, cities. But, but to then decide you could argue, argue yeah. but but the states, but the states can, have power too, sure. right? Wasn't it you, Maznick, that like kind of listed the tortuous history of these laws? Right? Yeah, sure. Like, first, the state governments prevented the local governments, yeah, from. Uh, building municipal broadband and then the fcc told the state governments that they were for, they were not allowed to ban the local governments from building municipal broadband right. and then congress told the fcc that the fcc is not allowed to tell state governments to tell municipal governments <laughs> not to build local broadband so it's like so it's going to go all the way up and now the president is telling the congress right it's so I mean all of this will wind all the way to the top and then the administration possibly will right. change in the and, next and election. I mean and, and the fact is right I mean if you take a step back and you look at it I mean you know this was sort of a devil's advocate argument because all of those state laws were written by the Comcast yeah, and Time Warner exactly. cables and there was the famous case and I can't remember which state North Carolina I think or or somewhere around there where um there was a hearing about uh, a proposed law to to ban state uh, ban municipal broadband and someone asked a question and the 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 state legislator literally turned to a time warner cable lobbyist and said uh i don't know that you got to answer this one and it was just like I mean, could, awkward could, could, could you be any more tra- transparent in a bad way you know about about the fact that who wrote that actual law these special right. interests are such goofballs like remember the situation where they where they sent the letter uh what was it the ria or somebody sent the letter to uh a look you know an attorney general and then the attorney the the meta information in, in the right, Microsoft right. Word document showed who wrote it. It's like it's just embarrassing. Yeah. Or, or the the other one that's along those lines was the the anti Uber legislation, right. where the the legislator was so so quick to to photocopy and send it out. He left the uh, taxi lobbyist business card <laughs> mixed in oh with my it God. that showed who had actually written it. Special <laughs> interests in this country have gotten to it's become so right. commonplace so, that people so, don't even yeah. get shot. Right. So by, I mean, right? so 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 part of that point is, right, you know, in, in some ways, 
these guys, the big broadband players, have the government so much in their pocket that already, right. you know, we could look at today's broadband and say it is government broadband. Yeah. It's just because because right. the big broadband players already own it, and you know, this is this is actually and they already have the local contracts, even though it's not official, basically. Right. right. So right, and so this is this is actually this is in many ways uh, municipal broadband is a way for local governments to effectively take back the fight for introduce you know, some competition. Right. Essentially, right. Yeah. I mean, if I if I wanted to start a private competitor to comcast would would that be a feasible project or no like what nationally i don't yeah. think so locally, or even on sure. a local i mean on a local right. level I mean, yes so so right? look but at you know so the example pass i guess is going to doing a good job right right but monkey brains so but right. all, all the examples are local right so you have right. you have web pass you have you know yeah. sonic.net and you know around here and things like that yep. we have you know google fiber obviously trying to, to yeah. do installs but you know right. the, the way google fibers worked is that they've been able to go into different cities or, or places and then get incredible concessions from those local places to allow them to install stuff right right so the issue then comes back to to if, if you're they still need rights of way and, you need you need rights away or yeah. access to polls or or and there's so many complications there you want to talk about regulatory barriers to entry just right the fact that a local jurisdiction would probably in some cases prevent google from putting their own fiber on telephone poles because AT&T or Comcast or someone like that says that's our telephone poles even though it's right. built on public land and the telephone pole is probably public you know just they, they they say hey if Google wants to put their stuff on these telephone poles they got to replace the entire telephone pole with a new telephone pole or something absurd which makes the right. price of actually installing the cabling just and, impossible you know and and which goes back to the other argument which is that all of these things you know the poles and the rights of way and the access are sort of those are controlled by the government or right. By, it's already by controlled the, by the representative of the people yeah. to some extent, um, and and therefore these are already sort of highly regulated things. What's the difference between just sort of adding one more yeah. wire to it? Now let me throw in one more possibility complication to this whole discussion, and then we'll we'll close it out. Um, so one way that people have talked about doing this, and this was this was a proposal that was um, championed by by an old professor of mine. Um, and they did try and do it in Vermont or New Hampshire, and I'm forgetting exactly where, and I don't know quite how that project ended up going. But the idea there was municipal fiber, except the difference was rather than government-owned, it was citizen-owned, okay. which, is, which is a slight difference, but it actually basically got all of the residents mm -hmm. in that city to get ownership of this new municipal competitor. And then they owned it and controlled it without it being government run. So is that an alternative? What is it? How yeah, what's, it, what's the nuance there? Is it so? Do you buy stock into it? Is it a co-op? Yeah, you, it's effectively a, a sort of right. co-op setup. And then, but if I move away, I cannot continue to own that stock. Or? Right, right. So, You're basically selling your share in the right. in, in the cooperatively owned. So do I get a payout every like like a, being an Alaska state citizen? I, yeah, that I don't know. I if mean, those are profit, different specifics. There's <laughs> a profit. Yeah, um, there are some organizations that are co-ops. I can't remember, but there was something I can't remember now that I was a member of, and I got a check at the end of the year. Right. Yeah, I mean, I obviously it's like like REI. Yeah, there you REI, go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Green like Bay that. the Green Bay Packers, right? <laughs> they did that a long time ago, right? Yeah. They, they were a co-op. They, they're still they have shares, are they still i think okay anyway but they, um, so i mean i guess i don't really understand the nuance between 
Well, it, like it's a, just a citizen owned versus a government because isn't the government it, for us? Sort of. <laughs> yeah, but but the, but they right. So in theory, yeah, there there's no difference there, right? right? But the argument here is that it's a little bit more direct ownership, and you have a little bit more say and control, and it's not um, because it's not the government. They can't suddenly tax it, right? I see. So it's you know there's still going to be a board and control. And well, can as a citizen, can I opt out of it then? Sure, you just don't use it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're not paying the co-op. And fees I'm not paying enough. the co-op fees, and I don't use it. I, actually, I again, like that. these these are yeah. specifics that can be determined. Yeah. I imagine, but I mean, there to some extent, when I think about that, if there's so much demand that citizens really want to band together and do that, mm-hmm. I mean, how could anyone who calls themselves libertarian be against that? That's 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 <laughs> that's the essence, the community action. You get together and you solve the problem without forcing people to pay taxes to do it. I mean, right. you should get so behind that. You know, <laughs> Anything that prevents that, you should definitely and, ab- and yet, abolish that. And yet, if you I look mean, at the, the sort of official uh, libertarian positions, they generally are against municipal broadband. Well, maybe because they understand it to be the other thing, the tax-funded thing, in which case, you know, that's, that's a little different. I, uh, or they don't understand broadband <laughs> or, or the current broadband market. Uh, it's, this is complicated, yeah. All right, so uh, do we have any final thoughts, or have we have we used up our final <laughs> sufficiently thoughts? confused us? Uh, final thoughts: Live in San Francisco. Don't have don't have these problems. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously though, I mean the, the number of jurisdictions where it's 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 getting easier to get broadband. I mean, not just broadband, like fiber. Like for example, I just found out recently that Sebastopol, California, which yeah. is that little town north of us, yeah. Uh, tiny town based but o'reilly is based there so. yeah o'reilly is based there. and they and have fiber right from sonic Sonic sonic.net is there so yeah. yeah that's where they're based that's so. extraordinary uh, right that? nearby santa rosa okay but you know next door but but that is i mean right so sonic.net is trying to install fiber all over california i'm waiting for it to come to my house it hasn't quite gotten there i use are they do are they going to exp- actually expand in south bay oh yeah they're expanding all over and uh i mean i have sonic now on a on uh, DSL, which they don't offer anymore, they've dropped the the their what they call legacy DSL, but they still they keep the us lucky legacy customers. But I mean, so there's an argument there that like you know you wait long enough, competition will show up. It is starting right. to show up in this particular area. Is it possible that you could do that without municipal broadband? Possibly. It yeah, really I mean, I depends think, on the laws, right? Right, and I think the you know the overall vision here is the one that I'd love to take a look at and say like what what are we trying to do here? You know, like and is competition going to essentially satisfy the end goal here, which is, you know, maybe this is everyone gets fiber to their home. Like what's the best way to get there? Um, and it, it, I think it depends. And to me, that's the most compelling reason to support municipal broadband is to let, let each city and look each locale kind of figure it out for their own. And yeah. these overarching, you know, prohibitions on municipal, broad, municipal broadband seem kind of, you know, very, very aligned to the special interests. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think what it comes down to in the end is just, you know, I think providing more competition is important and good. And in most right. of these markets, there isn't real competition. This is an opportunity to get in real competition. It lets local people band together, right. whether through government or through some other format, and get real competition, which drives a lot of other good things. So in the end, I'm all for it. Um, you know, and and I recognize that some of them are going to fail, some of them are going to be bureaucratic messes. But overall, I yeah. think I think those are messes that should be allowed to be tried, and if they fail, people learn from them, and get better from it.
Anyways, I think that's it for today's podcast on municipal broadband. Hirsch, Dennis, thanks for joining us. It's been said that the first casualty of war is truth. And I'm inclined to agree. Listen, we live in an age of instant information. So isn't it strange that things have been hidden away from us? Governments think we need to gain their trust. But it's the other way around. Just take a look. Nothing tells us more than war data does. So it's important it's all available to us. Plus, put up for debate and looked at by the public's gaze. Because there's a lot more to be gained from taking